0: This is Mike Wallace. You're listening to Harrison. Live from Hollywood,
1: it's Harrison with Harrison reporters stationed in every country, every capital. News updates. Your Harrison headlines brought to you by INN World Report. It is the top of the hour. The New York Times says Al Qaeda in Mesopotamia has been holding up blood banks and hospitals in Iraq at gunpoint and stealing blood for their wounded fighters since 2005. Iraqi security forces guarding the medical facilities have often stood by as the armed robberies took place. The head of Mosul's health department says that because security forces arrest any injured person entering the hospital, the insurgents now take their injured people to private doctors and steal blood from the blood bank. The Afghan war diary published by WikiLeaks shows how U.S. Marines gave less than accurate accounts of an incident in which they killed 19 civilians. On March 4, 2007, a convoy of U.S. Marines were hit by an explosives-rigged minivan outside Jalalabad. The Marines made a frenzied escape, opened fire as they raced down a highway, hitting almost anyone in their way, including civilians. 19 civilians were killed and 50 wounded. None of this, however, was mentioned in the initial account written by the Marines. The marines themselves the marines reckless retreat which would later be the subject of a 12,000-page report was stated simply quote the patrol returned to jalalabad airfield period Journalists, however, gave a more detailed account. They said angry Marines tore their cameras from their hands, insisting they delete the pictures they had taken of the incident. It is two minutes past the hour. BP has confirmed it will begin drilling off the Libyan coast in the next few weeks. The deep water drilling will take place in the Gulf of Sirte, following a deal signed with Libya in 2007. The news comes amid major concerns over BP's environmental and safety record following the Gulf of Mexico eruption. It also follows claims denied by BP that it lobbied for the Lockerbie bomber's release. The Libyan was convicted of blowing up Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland in 1988, killing 270 people, but was freed by Scottish government on medical grounds last August. The Libyan well is deeper than the well that ruptured under the Deepwater Horizon rig in the Gulf of Mexico on April 20th, killing 11 workers. Although BP did have discussions with Britain's then Foreign Secretary, William Haig, they said this was a perfectly normal and legitimate practice for a UK company. Company. It is three minutes past the hour. Despite the release of some 92,000 classified documents that paint a sobering picture of the U.S. war effort in Afghanistan, all but the staunchest anti-war members of Congress focused their most scathing words yesterday on WikiLeaks, the website that published the material. Capitol Hill is unlikely to use the WikiLeaks revelations to try to recast U.S. involvement in Afghanistan. Democrats dubbed the document leak irresponsible and a threat to U.S. lives. Others called on the Pentagon to launch a major investigation and bring leakers to account. It is three and a half minutes past the hour. For details on all these stories and more, go to innworldreport.net. JoeHarrison.com.
2: What's new about Tiger Woods? Michael Jackson.
1: Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael
3: Jackson. Elvis <laughs> O.J. Simpson. Abandoned <laughs> <laughs>
1: Harrison. Talk show. Random. Political. Outrageous. Philosophical. Analytical. Passionate. Kittens. Sunsets. Roadkill cooking tips. Open minded. Swordsman. Bent. Resolute. Chocolate. Bushwhacker. Belt buckles. Investigative companion. Fearless. Call in. Piercing the club, of mainstream entertainment. Live from Hollywood. It's Harrison. Four minutes past the hour. Harrison with you, your new best friend. How much do we love London? Most of you have been there. Some of you never have. Everybody has always wanted to. And there's a good reason. You know, we sort of review right now the United States and some of the troubles we're going through. Unemployment is kind of hideous for a lot of people. Um, and we wonder, how did our culture seem to go so upside down all of a sudden? And then we remember, well, you know, we actually have a pretty good deal here, and we can thank really much of where our culture came from, which is still vibrant, still alive, and still exploding, just, well, right on the other side of the pond, right? I was just there, and let me tell you, in the few days I was there... (laughs) I had a really good time. This is London's West End, which is sort of the equivalent of the best part of New York City with the best part of LA and the best part of Chicago drop in a little dose of Miami and divide it by San Francisco. And you end up with this really amazing place. Not only is it excellent for shopping and all of that, but the nightlife is completely over the top. Really, really awesome. So I'm going to take you a little travelogue because we like to travel the world together and share with you these places. And one of the cool things about London right now is it's totally affordable to us. In fact, you can actually get some of the money you might pay in taxes when you buy stuff or do things there. You actually get it back and you bring it back with you on the plane. It's kind of brilliant. There's a lot of coupons for flights, a lot of easy and convenient ways. Just go on the internet right now and boom, it's such a no-brainer. So I want to first introduce you to a man who's sort of known as the uh the godfather of the West and he's an Australian guy, totally young, totally cool, one of my people if you know what I mean by that. Wink wink. And this guy is known basically as the godfather of the West End. Now, let me give you a website so you can sort of follow along and see what I'm talking about. Because my experience just a few days is uh, permanently embedded in the exciting dendrites of my mind. That's the best part, is not only will you come back with a camera full of amazing pictures, but you'll mnemonically have the pleasure and the feeling and the sensation and the coolness of the great city of London. Pretty much permanently. Here's the website, westendlondon.com. One word, westendlondon.com. Let me introduce you now to Jace Terrell. Harrison on the highway. Harrison with you, and we're talking to Jace Terrell, and you're basically the minister of all things West End. You have a, a great aegis that overlooks all the the ebb and flow of humanity retail lodging you've got the Olympics coming in just two years you have such a huge and dynamic thing happening here what are we looking at
4: well I, they call me mr. West End it's quite odd but I quite like it actually I uh, live here work here from Australia originally so it's a bit odd having an Australian you know promote one of the best shopping areas in the world but you know I've got used to it uh,
1: one uh, Colonist to another, right?
4: Quite right. Just moved back to the mother country and here I am. But uh, no, it's a fantastic spot. I mean, yeah, I've travelled loads around the world and really, for fashion, for theatre, for nightlife, I don't think it's any better than the West End. Slightly biased so obviously, but I think, you know, it stacks up pretty well. And I think the Olympics, such a huge opportunity for us. You know, Millions more people coming here, but even ahead the of them, you've got so many new things opening up, new stores, new bars, new restaurants, everyone getting really excited about the Olympics. So it's a good time, not to come then, but to come now, While all this is happening until 2012.
1: Well, you know, people sort of imagine, and just from a Dickensian novel, that it's endlessly sort of foggy and rainy, or Sherlock's Holmes movies, right? It's just one huge gray cloud that rolls in, but I actually have a sunburn
4: yeah. in London. As we sit here in 28 degrees, and what would that be in Fahrenheit? uh 82 yeah it's it's pretty odd but it's great summer is like this in london people have got their shorts on their flip-flops i think you call them thongs thong is different
1: thong <laughs> is is basically um sort of a piece of string over your genitals all
4: oh, right right <laughs> <That's it.
1: laughs> but like, like for instance we have a fanny pack what's a fanny pack to you something different isn't it
4: that's a bum bag right is for it? us <laughs> Uh, You can get some thongs here as well, though. I mean, I don't know if they're wearing them around the West End, though, but certainly you can buy some pretty nice thongs. You can get the mankini as well. You remember Borat and his mankini? That's right. Yeah, they sell them in Soho, so you can get one of those and take them back, too.
1: Now Soho is a name we've heard, but not everyone knows what Soho is.
4: Well, it's right on the edge of the West End. So you've got the main shopping streets, Oxford Street, Regent Street, with those with a bit of cash, Bond Street as well. We just had the biggest Louis Vuitton store open up here a couple of weeks ago. And right next door you've got Soho, so stay around here. The nightlife is there, the best bars. You know, I came here six years ago, and I was from a little town in Australia, I came to Soho. I went out, I thought, oh my God, I'm a gay man in a lolly shop, there's every type of gay that I can have here, it's just incredible, uh, and it's just, you know, for the pickings, it's it's like the United Nations, man, it's great fun. Well, so, and
1: London is a, it's a big city, you've got, um, what, five million people, something like that here?
4: About nine million people. Uh, only some, double. Yeah, quite, <laughs> but uh, somewhere like the West End, we have about 200 million people coming a year, so it. It's busy, but it's great because you've got that variety, you've got people coming, they're staying. It's, uh, it's great fun just to sit by and watch life go by as well. I think the good thing is you can just sit by. You find the little side streets. We're sitting up here on a balcony now of one of the biggest shopping streets just around the corner. So it's getting out there and exploring it a bit as well when you're here. And when you
1: think about um, the nightlife in London, and it's not just sort of British quietude, sort of restrained anal, um, with a range of motion about two or three inches wide. But you have really a wonderful blending of all the humans here. You've got people from Germany, from Spain, from all over. It's a real polyglot of humanity having a good
4: time. I love what you call that. What of humanity? polyglot. A polyglot of humanity. I think it is true. I mean um, polyglot of people is more alliterative. Can be that when you're here as well. It depends. Uh, you're right though. Like everyone from around the world is here and um, people come for different things as well. But you know, it's just exciting. It's like a little adventure every time you come out here. But even going to the shops, you meet people. You've got your personal shoppers. You've got people on the street. It's a place, I think, where if you're a couple, you can come. You're a group, you can come. You can come by yourself. It just caters for every type of sort of holiday, I think call it vacation don't you a vacation
1: think about it you're vacating (laughs) so you're vacating the hell of work into something that you actually would enjoy a holiday we're talking to jace terrell jace comes from a small town in australia and now you've ended up really as the master of all things west end of really the most famous city in the world apart from paris and new york right so, questionable, but
4: yes, we're in the top three. I think we're still number one up there. But yeah, you're in there somewhere. Well, we, we try to appear now and then. <laughs> but I think the best times to come have to be the summer. And you can jump on a Eurostar and hop across to Paris or the rest of Europe if you want to as well. And Christmas, I think, you know... It is Dickensian. It is like coming back to Charles Dickens' Christmas. You've got the lights, the windows, just, you know, it snows occasionally here, which is still good. Climate change hasn't affected us that much. And, you know, something about being in London in the West End at that time of year is just something really special, actually.
1: And you don't have to speak just English.
4: No, I think uh, we worked out something like 127 languages are spoken across our 600 stores. So, yeah, you can speak anything you like when you come here. Someone will understand you. May not talk back to you, but at least they'll understand you when you hear it.
1: Jace Terrell, who is the Minister of the West End, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for captaining such a wonderful adventure here. I mean, as... uh, the great Doctor Johnson, and we were talking about him just a little earlier, said that uh, if you tire of London, you simply have tired of life. To
4: say, and the West End the same.
1: Harrison, <laughs> completely unsponsored, common sense commuter traffic.
4: It's 24 minutes past the hour. I'm Jeffrey Thomas with your Go Harrison live and local traffic report on KPFK in Hollywood. The 101 South is uh, coming into downtown. It's a tough drive from about Sunset Boulevard. Also, on the 101 North at Alameda and downtown, there's an accident. Things don't really open up till you get past Echo Park. And the 5 South is a tough drive coming out of downtown L.A. If you're headed into Long Beach or Orange County, the 710 may be a better drive. And the 605 uh, North is slow from Santa Fe Springs to the 10 Freeway. If you have an update for me, send me a text at 708-DRIVE-LA. For Harrison, I'm Jeffrey Thomas on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles. <laughs> 98.7 FM Santa Barbara. You own the phone lines with Harrison. Call now
1: 310
4: 737 Talk. Harrison, boy, you're the best thing that's happened in a long time. You bring up a lot of important issues, some fun issues, and very provocative issues. So, hi, Car- Harry Harrison. Harry Harrison, yes. Wouldn't it have been a little bit more appropriate to take a moment and remember the Beatles? Yes, I heard your message today. I am a black man who was greatly affected by the strength of the truth in which you spoke. I pray that God continue to bless you if there was more white people that would think like yourself, that would help to advance this country.
2: You're a liberal slime. Maybe these people, these people, what are these people anyway? Who really cares? The government needs some guinea (laughs) pigs.
1: The next thing you know, you're going to be marching for women's rights. Liberal. Liberal. That's 310-737-TALK. Harrison. Harrison. Hi, this is Edward James Olmos, and I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Humping the pant leg of right-wing radio. This is Harrison. British Petroleum is enjoying record profits, and we'd like to thank you, the customer. To show our appreciation, all BP stations are offering all-you-can-eat fat separating snacks. Stop in and enjoy complimentary Twinkies. Ho ho, honey buns, pig's knuckles, potato chips, cheese curls, slim jims, moon pies, and bottomless cups of fountain soda. But don't spill any. <laughs> Diet soda not included. And after you fill your gut, fill your hummer with BP gasoline. Harrison, with you, your new best friend. It is coming up to half past the hour. We'll have news with Wade Barrett in just a moment. We're visiting with London, England, here, and I'm going to be taking you into a store because we often talk about uh, customer service and what is, you know, good quality in this country. As everything is outsourced and we're endlessly in India or somewhere when we think we're calling AT and T just right next door, and a big department store in London's West End that was started by an American. American from Wisconsin is still displaying the classic American tradition of impeccable customer service, including a few things like some very uh, awesome quiet rooms and sort of meditation and things that were really kind of radical back in 1909 when the guy from Wisconsin went to London and built this place. And it serves as a great model of what we can be doing here and how we might want to treat each other as opposed to looking at each other as consumers. That's something that simply gobbles Instead of as a customer, which we've certainly talked about here before, that being, uh, you know, it's a, basically a civil contract. I give you this, you give me that. If I mistreat you, you get to leave. Remember the old saying, customer's always right? How many decades have passed since we felt that? Well, let me take you to a place called Selfridges in a couple of minutes in London's West End. And you can re-experience what, again, an American started that is just going gangbusters over there because they really get it. Here I said it. It's so little morning. News update.
2: Harrison time is 3.30, and I'm Wade Barrett with your reality check. On Sunday, WikiLeaks, a website that publishes confidential information, released a huge amount of classified military field reports covering the war in Afghanistan from 2004 to 2010. This set of reports, called the Afghan War Diary, written by soldiers and intelligence officers, primarily describes lethal military actions involving the U.S. military, intelligence information, and reports of meetings with political figures and related details. The White House is said to strongly condemn the disclosure, but it so far seems unlikely that any formal criminal charges will or can be brought against the operators of WikiLeaks, which is primarily based in Iceland. According to multiple press reports, Tony Hayward will step down as CEO of BP. BP, which says no final decision has been made about Hayward, has a meeting scheduled tonight. Oh, I'm so sorry, I just lost my place. They have a meeting scheduled tonight to determine who will head the company going forward. Hayward will likely be replaced by Robert Dudley, who has been heading up the company's cleanup efforts in the Gulf of Mexico. On Friday in Pennsylvania, two workers died when an oil storage tank at a natural gas well exploded just a few hours after 1,000 Pennsylvania residents attended an Environmental Protection Agency meeting in order to express concern over safety issues connected with natural gas drilling in their region. Local officials had to call for a team of firefighting experts to fly up from Texas to help extinguish the fire from the blast, which continued to burn for 10 hours. Lieutenant Dan Choi, one of the U.S. military's most active critics of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, has been given an honorable discharge from the Army for publicly revealing he is gay. On Saturday at the Netroots Nation conference in Las Vegas, Choi publicly gave Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid his West Point ring and discharge papers, telling Reid that he is going to hold him personally accountable for passing a repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And hundreds of peace activists gathered for the United National Peace Conference in Albany, New York this weekend. Kathy Kelly, who is co-coordinator of Voices for Creative Nonviolence and one of the speakers of the conference, reminded attendees that peace, quote, requires us to rearrange our priorities, to make the number one priority in our everyday life, becoming constant, persistent, anti-war activists. What better purpose is there in life right now? Unquote. Today is day 2,686 of the U.S. war and occupation in Iraq and Afghanistan. So far, this war has Cost 1,373,048 lives and $1,021,376,134,133. For Go Harrison on KPFK 90.7, I'm Wade Barrett.
1: News update Harrison. 35 minutes past the hour. Harrison with you, your new best friend, taking you on a little special travelogue. Uh, Some really good time that I had just very recently and I want you to uh, sort of experience it too because I'll tell you there's something to be said about being treated well. There's something to be said about decent table manners. There's something to be said about just common civility. Something that we often squawk about is uh, radically missing, conspicuously missing uh, in our culture, particularly in L.A. at many times. Uh, but it does exist. It's vibrant. It's uh, full of action. And a quick websites so you can follow along during some of these conversations would be WestEndLondon.com. One word, WestEndLondon.com. By the way, something called Global Blue is totally cool for those of you listening overseas. And uh, it's a really great way when you buy stuff in London, uh, it's a great way to basically get your money back. It's sort of like a built in discount. It's called Global Blue. And here's how it works as a traveler from outside of the European Union. That would be us. Uh, we get to basically shop tax-free. Uh, that includes other things just apart from shopping, but that's just one example. And really, all you have to do is to claim the VAT. It's called value-added tax. I think we don't have here, but we will someday, I'm sure. Uh, all you do is ask for a tax refund form when you buy something. You just take your receipt and your passport to the customs desk, and boom, you get a tax refund check stamped right then, right there. And then you just cash it, boom, just like that. So it's a great way to uh, survive, especially when the dollar feels a little wobbly to know that automatically it was a hell of a lot cheaper than it looked like on the store shelf there. It's simply called Global Blue. And I'm just going to give you a website for that so you can check it out because any chance we have to save a buck uh, is a buck that we've just suddenly made. It's Global hyphenblue.com, global hyphenblue.com. It's all listed there. And uh, you know, when in doubt, head out and do it on the cheapo, that's for sure. Speaking of which, this department store I was telling you about started by a guy from Wisconsin. Selfridges, it's called in the West End, uh, the old fashioned customer service still exists there and the impeccable climate and just the way to sort of treat each other. And I think more than anything else, this is a cool lesson of what it was like once upon a time started here in the u.s and they've maintained the tradition but what it can be like here again it certainly is like that in some places actually wisconsin is still a very groovy place but i want you to come inside here and check this out and just check the vibe right totally different from what we may be used to harrison on the highway Harrison, with you standing in one of the most volupt department stores that the world really knows, it's called Selfridges, and I'm standing with Sally Scott, and you're not only a hundred years old, the store that is, so not you, (laughs) but you're undergoing like a a massive uh, transformation, and I understand shoes is key word.
0: Oh, it's all about shoes at Selfridges this year. In um, September, we're actually going to open the biggest and obviously the best women's shoe department in the world. And so uh, we're going to have everything in our store from um, Havaianas and Converse's all the way to Chanel and Louboutin. So if if you need a pair of shoes, Selfridges is going to be your place.
1: A perfect place for the podophile. Is that a word?
0: I'm I'm sure it is now.
1: One who likes shoes, right? Or feet, particularly. Now, I understand Selfridges was started by somebody from Wisconsin, so a little American influence in a store that's certainly friendly to Americans and all others.
0: Yeah, Harry Gordon Selfridge actually came from Wisconsin um, into London via um, Marshall Fields. And um, there was actually a a phrase that was used at Marshall Fields called, um, the customer is always right. But it was actually Harry Gordon Selfridge himself who actually popularized that expression and it's something that's very true today. Everybody uses it, but actually it's um, it's really about Selfridges, and we are very customer focused. We are 101 years old, and um We base our um, experience for the customer on uh, retail theater and really um, Gordon Selfridge was the master of retail theater. He was one of the um, first uh, individuals to really um, celebrate the shopping experience and that everybody was welcome, it was open to the world and uh, to make the most interesting experience for everybody. One of the things that I loved about Selfridge's when it first began is when they introduced lifts, um, elevators, they would have these ladies in the lift who would actually sing um, the floor you were going to. So you would get in, in the olden days, and you would say, um, floor two, and they would say, floor two going up, and uh, which is all right mad, really, but... Um, the he, other thing that he introduced, which I think is very interesting, is the silent room. And this was a space in the store, if you can imagine, in London on Oxford Street, which is the busiest street in, in um, Europe for shopping. He um, had this room where you could go in and just relax and be quiet, away from the hustle and bustle of, of, of shopping. Um, but there was no... No reason to buy anything in there. It was just to relax. So it was about the experience in the store, not just about shopping. And um, that's still true today. At some.
1: Sally Scott with us. Harrison with you. We're standing in Selfridges on Oxford Street in London. This uh, shop is well over 100 years old. And, and Sally was talking about something really important apart from everything else that's really important. And you mentioned customer service, and in the United States right now, we're all called consumers, whatever that is. A consumer is more like a a a parasite, I guess. It takes, it gives nothing back. And we've been reduced to something that we're not really able to understand. And when we cross something called customer service or a customer, we love this idea. It means there's actually a relationship between the vendor and the person buying from the vendor. And the, the more the vendor is a good friend and offers more stuff, the more we're likely to return. We don't see that so much in the US. But here, In London, this is just normal for you. Of course you're going to be, the customer comes first, or they won't come at all, right?
0: That's absolutely right. We're focused here on welcoming the customer, which I know sounds rather mundane. But if you don't greet and say hello to them, how do they know that you're actually there? And the second thing we're very focused on is um, product knowledge. So actually knowing and understanding what you're selling, because nobody wants to come into a store and say, oh, well, what's this brand about? And uh, your salesperson says, well, I don't know it's new. They need they, they need to know more so they can share that knowledge with the customer.
1: Have you ever heard of Radio Shack?
0: Um, that sounds very, very interesting.
1: <laughs> it's, an, it's an American store, yeah. and nobody has even 1% idea of anything that's in there. Like Clueless. And it's an electronic store. Mm-hmm. So if you go, look, I really need an attenuator. It mm-hmm. gets really quiet for about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then you go f- maybe figure it out yourself that's become normal for us. So the notion, like I'm standing in here, you're flanked by adult supervision on all sides, right? Can we turn the music down? You know, are you comfortable? Is the air conditioning okay? It's really kind of a different feel for us. So I think a lot of Americans are going to really appreciate a return or being able to go somewhere where they actually feel participatory, I guess, in the process. Because at the end of the day, you're not just selling stuff, you're, you're keeping and informing a relationship.
0: Yes, the, the relationship obviously is key. I think what you want when you come into a, a large um, retail store like Selfridges is you want to feel that you're going to be looked after. And I think that's the, the key we have a lot of tourists, we have a lot of Americans who come in here who shop very different from maybe a Middle Eastern customer or from a French customer, so everybody needs to feel that they are going to be welcomed and, and looked after when they come to Selfridges for whatever they need, whether it's you know coming in for some ice cream or for um, a, a Gucci handbag, so everybody needs to feel that they can do what they want when they come here, and maybe not shop at all. Maybe they just want to wander around, have a look.
1: Wow, now that's new for us, too that you get to just walk around but then it was the owner who created the quiet room which is really quite genius so you can get centered and decide whether do you want the brown one or the green one right and make the right choice
0: it's it's the, the quiet room, it, it was called the silent room actually, but um, we're actually gonna bring it back um, this summer because we feel there's a lot of going on right now in technology, you know, the launch of an, of the iPad and um, other brands coming out with their versions of that. And everything is becoming technology, technology, technology and um, keeping busy that maybe we need to give our customers a moment of pause and relaxation. So this summer we're, we're looking at bringing back the silent room and um, I think I should, might go there myself.
1: I think it sounds like a good idea. Do you mind if I say hi to Bruno? He's standing over here ch- chomping at the bed. And Bruno, Welcome to go Harrison, and uh, you're obviously part of this establishment, you've got a big grin on your face, you obviously like working here.
3: I do, I've been uh, doing so for uh, almost five years now, uh, it's been a wonderful experience, I'm actually French, um, but um, I've been uh, embracing the whole experience here at Selfridges and um, I hope I'll be staying here for a long while.
1: Well your English is impeccable.
3: Uh, Yes, it's maybe because I've got um, a very good um, aptitude for sound so I'm able to ape very well.
1: Well, I'm sure the British love to think of their language as something that simply could be aped. But you know, it's interesting, um, the French, I mean, you gave us Americans so much. Not only did you have your little revolution, but you sort of taught us about the notion of democracy. You had de Tocqueville, you had Apollinaire, you had all these great thinkers telling us and teaching us how to think. Our own Ben Franklin, right, loved the French, and I mean with a capital L, right, and brought back so much wonderful thinking, and much of our Constitution, our way of life is based on. You personally, Bruno, you inspired
3: us. Yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, the most famous invention from France was the French kiss. So, uh, and this is global now. So, obviously, we're very proud of that. Um, but you know, obviously, I'm trying to bring anything that I have of French style to the store here as well. And uh, because it's such an international place, it's also interesting to sort of make this experience world class. And uh, and everybody's welcome. So you know, hence why I'm here.
1: I noticed, too, walking around in here, it reminds me a lot of Los Angeles. It's like a polyglot of people, just from all the different humans intermingling. Right? It's not just a bunch of white guys, or, or as it might be in Iowa, say. So it really feels very comfortable, and I think that kind of admixture of people creates not only a better vibe, but the product quality is going to be better, because it's not going to be so mono-dimensional, whatever that means. Uh,
3: um, I think it's, it's very true that the sense of being maybe in a LA place, because this whole store is actually built like like an American grid city, so it's very much at right angle. So it's always very easy to actually walk around our store, and you can always Find yourself. Um, and obviously, because we're, such a, we're, we're the largest department store in the West End, um, everybody obviously comes to us. Uh, so you have everyone, you know. And also, I think what's really important is, as Sally was saying, um, we, we welcome everybody. So whether you have one pound in your pocket, whether you have one million pounds in, in your pocket or dollars, uh, you can find something to, you know, to shop here. So it's uh, hence why you have everybody here, whether they are black, white, uh, Chinese, or you know and all ages.
1: We're talking to Bruno. Bruno is imitating speaking English and pulling an office. i do
3: my best. It's perfect but...
1: (laughs) And we're we're talking about the notion of what makes for a good store. Mm -hmm. Like what's in it and why does somebody want to come and, and sort of noting that It seems in the states where many of us feel that we've lost a lot of this warmth and interpersonal relationship with somebody that runs a store. You know, If you're not shopping every second, they'll kick you out pretty much. And here it really is different that you have a silent room that you allow people to feel and think and talk and they can buy or not buy and it doesn't really matter. Um, And that this was started by a guy from Wisconsin that much of this really good tradition Comes from America, right? That yeah. we could recapture this ourselves, and now we look to you to sort of remember how this works. And obviously, it's working great. You've been around over 100 years. Yeah. What do you attribute that success to?
3: I think it's very much about, you know, allowing people to, to feel at home at, 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 uh, at Selfridges. It's, uh, it's something that we're very proud of and we've been championing for 100 years. And I think going back to what you were, you were saying, you know, uh, it's true that when Golden Selfridges opened Selfridges um, in 1909, people actually, up until that point we were not allowed to touch anything. So they would walk into a store and they would actually have to ask someone to actually grab something. When he opened his store, people were encouraged to actually touch the material and all the products that they would see, which was very, very new. So we actually invented a new way of shopping. And browsing really came from here. So now when you say, I'm browsing somewhere, it actually started here at Selfridges. So you know, it's important for us to still you know, do that. This
1: was the same man that coined the phrase, the customer is always right.
3: Well, this is a really interesting one, because it's not him. He didn't actually say that. But his boss at Marshall Fields in Chicago did use this term. But because he was the first one to bring it to the UK, people in the UK and therefore in the world uh, um, assumed that it came from him. But he championed it, so um, I suppose it belongs to him now. And now that you've mentioned
1: Marshall Fields, I grew up in Chicago, and that was the place to go. Um, But they also had their own brand of chocolates, and lots of that's what it was also known for. Do you have chocolates and suffrages?
3: We do, and we also have our own label range, which we started a few years back, which is selling very, very well. And um, actually, in the UK, we are the number one destination for for all the chocolates. Uh, We have anything from dark milk. Uh, We have um, we used to have actually, and I think we still sell it. It's a very famous chocolate, which actually was mixed with bacon um, so we have very extraordinary flavors here so we have anything from the classic chocolate to the extraordinary one
1: bacon chocolate
3: yes that was a big seller actually last year and a big news stories for us as well
1: we have um, I think it's in New Mexico garlic ice cream
3: Uh, We Actually, I've got to be honest with you, I don't think we do garlic ice cream, but um, we have a restaurant here called Hicks, which changes its menu every week, so I might suggest that they put that garlic ice cream on, just to to allow you to try it.
1: And and I would just finish, Bruno, last night when I had dinner, Mm -hmm. the two guys serving were French, and there's something about having French people near your table when you eat, the food is better. Is it just my imagination, or is it true?
3: No, it's true. I think it's something to do with the service and maybe the way they. I mean, first of all, you probably have eaten in a really good place, so the food probably was good anyway. But um, but the service that you probably got from the French um, experts, I suppose, made it slightly better. Also, maybe they sounded more French than I did, so there was a bit of more more of an experience there. But um, also, obviously, French and food is a very cliche uh, association, but it's true. We do like our food and we do know how to serve it, how, how, how to present it, so uh, it probably made a difference.
1: And what was particularly amusing is for dessert, something called an eaten Mess, which many Americans won't have heard of, um, but having a Frenchman explain the eaten Mess, which is a very extremely British thing, it's basically a crushed meringue with berries on it, but breaking it down in a very British way, it was, it was poignant. And oh, I had very two. Very good.
3: But well, you see, it means that, you know, those waiters were not um, per- per- parochial in a way that they were quite uh, willing to explain other people's sort of dishes. So I think that's, that's good. That's good.
1: Well, I'm really excited about taking a little tour in the next couple of minutes through Selfridges. Mm. And it's nice to walk into a place and be wanted. I mean, this is really an extraordinary thing, and we desire this no matter where we are on Earth, and to find out that these places not only still exist, but they flourish, reminding us that this kind of behavior ultimately is the right behavior. It's not some anomaly. And so, and we can see it working here well.
3: Absolutely. To, to be honest, if we didn't want you, we probably would be out of business very quickly. We want you to come here, but we want you to be happy and to feel at home. So, if we achieve that, uh, if you shop with us as a result of that, that's great. But, you know, our aim is just for you to feel comfortable when, you, when you're here and finding all the things that you might want, of course.
1: I feel comfortable, can you tell?
3: Yes, I can tell. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bruno. Thank you.
1: Harrison with you. How fun was that? And I just love the fact that, uh, and I realize I am American, so obviously I'm going to celebrate all things American, but to see our original influence still working so well. And that other people really get it. It's encouraging of where we can return to. And it just isn't that hard, is it? And people really have fun. And that's the key thing. Loved doing this uh, special program. We still have some more to go down the road. Going to be eager to take you to Geeves and Hawks. This is talk about old guard stuff. You know, clothes for the royal family. And how a man's suit is made. Like, really Do you wear it to the left or the right, if you know what I mean? All that kind of good stuff, plus high tea at Fortnum and Mason's. High tea. Talk about civilized, but there's actually a reason behind it. And when and where and why did the British start drinking tea to begin with? You know, they were a coffee country before then. Aha! So a little history lesson and a lot of fun with a very cool and groovy archivist. All that more down the road. Harrison with you. Harris with you. Hope you have a wonderful week, and I will look forward to seeing you 3 o'clock. Be well. On KPFK, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles,
2: 89.7 FM, Santa Barbara.